right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again on the phone with John Burr. John, how are you? Oh, I'm home, sweet home, Keith. A very rare instance indeed. Glad to hear it. We're going to pick up with the second half of your uh, Broken Egg resolutions, talking about the Western Conference. It's been a week, and surely most New Year's resolutions have already been broken. So why not uh, let Keith hear the Broken Egg resolutions for each Western Conference team and tell me if they'll keep it or if we have, indeed, a Broken Egg broken resolution. Right. If you missed the Eastern Conference last week, John created a set of resolutions for each team in the Eastern Conference, and I made my prediction or just my prognostication, my analysis, whether or not that team would keep said resolution, and now, uh, I believe, the Western Conference. Much like real New Year's uh, resolutions, these exist merely as talking points and are almost never fulfilled. Let's begin with the Golden State Warriors, sitting atop the Western Conference at 32-8. and eight. The Warriors resolve to unleash Jordan Bell, who's getting a block and a steal in 15 minutes per game, and leads all rookies in win shares. Keith, will they keep this resolution to unleash Jordan Bell? I think they will unleash Jordan Bell eh, to a limited degree. I think they will. Okay, let me let me tweak it then. Okay, please. Do you think he'll ever get like the 25 minutes per game that Zaza was getting? I think they are going to have Zaza is their starter for the right. whole year. And I think okay. they're going to keep him in his role. Uh, doing that, being the big man to body up with other big men. I, I do think he, he's going to see other stretches later in the season where he's getting 25 minutes because he did have a, a little stretch there where he was getting that and putting up crazy numbers, especially his per 36 numbers are crazy. But being slightly undersized and the Warriors being who they are, you know, like the thing just going to keep the rotation the same, bring him coming along at the same degree. So they will unleash him, but it's not going to be a full, like, you're our man, uh, play 25 minutes every night. So in the truest spirit of a broken egg resolution, maybe slightly break it? Yeah. Slightly broken yeah, resolution? They'll make, they'll make mild changes to their lifestyle, but nothing that sticks. This is eerily reminiscent of your uh, Jason Tatum atop the uh, Eastern Conference stand- standings uh, <laughs> analysis. Uh, second place, Houston Rockets, 27-11. and 11. Houston Rockets resolved to take their time with James Harden's injury, easing him back in, resting him, and preventing the perennial playoff collapse once and for all. Uh, no, they do not keep that resolution. <laughs> James Harden forces his way back, desperate to win the MVP that is rightly his, and comes back too soon, or he just doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't get hurt again, but I don't think they're going to take their time getting him back. I think he's chomping at the bit to return, and he will come back as soon as he can. So you don't think Dork Elvis can convince him to rest up. You think the MVP is t- t- too large of a carrot then? I do. Uh, I, I, I didn't really think of that angle, but I think I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> Third place Spurs, 27 and 14. That's it. How and LaMarcus Aldridge's high-low chemistry propels Spurs into the second seat, even if Kawhi keeps getting these niggling injuries. By the way, Powell's play lately is making our contract uh, exclamations and exhortations seem a little childish now well he had i don't remember the exact numbers he had like a 26 16 7 and 5 or something and he's what, him he's, and, he's like 39 it's crazy it's offensive I, 
Did they did the Gasols pull a, a fighting Morai and switch switch spots? I don't understand what's happening. Oh, I think I think Powell's maybe been taking care of himself a little bit more than Mark. <laughs> maybe Mark's gotten disillusioned. Mark saw the wrong movie and it changed his there worldview. There are aphids in the, in Mark's garden. There are aphids <laughs> yeah, in Mark's garden. He's just he he probably has a like a highly detailed sketchbook where he's drawn all the aphids and he is no longer <laughs> focusing on uh, making jumpers. Uh, what was it that it will basically can't Powell... Powell and LaMarcus enough to get them into the second spot, even if uh, Kawhi keeps getting hurt? You know, I think it's all has to do with the Rockets. I think it has, right. it has almost nothing to do with the Spurs, who I was blown away today to discover that Kyle Anderson is second on their team in minutes per game. That's crazy. Lead, leading the slowest fast breaks air recorded since the days of Mikan. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to make, especially with this latest news of the new shoulder tear, what with our boy Rudy Gay also not being available, I do not think it is in the cards for them to get up to that second seed. Well, I, I do think that, like, the slight tear in the shoulder thing, like, that's just a sprain. That's what that means. Sure. So I think a little, even the the broken egg resolution is itself a little disingenuous. Um, I just think it's interesting to talk about how good the Spurs have been without Kawhi. It's crazy. They and, can play anyone, literally and that, anyone. And really, I, I just think I think the way Powell and Lamarcus are playing together is borderline beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, shockingly, let's go to fourth place with. Uh, we keep besmirching them. Everyone keeps besmirching them, but the Minnesota Timberwolves sit in fourth place at twenty-five and sixteen. The Timberwolves resolve for Wiggins' horrific free throw percentage and free throw rate. Finally, putting him in the Tibba doghouse, and the Wolves de-emphasizing him even further, finally resulting in a team that holds throughout the season and keeps this spot fourth in the West. Uh, uh, like I did with last week's resolutions, I'm going to take half of that resolution. Okay, they're not going to do anything with Andrew Wiggins' role. Uh, right, assuming he will hit some better free throw percentages. Uh, as we speak tonight, he on- doesn't even want to go to the line anymore. <laughs> well, His he- free throw rate has plummeted to like Rondo esque proportions. I was going to say, as we speak on Monday night, that he just exacted revenge once again on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who he just routinely murders. I, I believe making amends, haunting them for trading him away, but. Do the Timberwolves maintain this four spot? I think absolutely. Uh, I think it's over the last, something like over the last 10 days and over the last, I think, and 20 days, the Timberwolves have the best net rating in the NBA. They have an incredible record against all the other playoff teams in the Western Conference outside of the, I think it's the top two. Uh, They're just killing people. They're taking care of business. And I think they are going to be safe in that four spot, uh, despite I guess the Thunder could give them a good push, but I'm still leaning that, yes, the Timberwolves hang on. Well, it wouldn't be um, a podcast or a tweet or something written in the blogosphere if we didn't doubt the Timberwolves, so I'll go ahead and say the Thunder will come for their spot. But, I mean, I I have to agree. I don't see Tibbs changing anything and limiting Andrew Wiggins, but I think you would agree that he is not the best fit right now for this team. He's not the best fit, but... I don't know. They're playing well. I don't see what they would move him for. I don't see a good midseason option of switching him out for something else. I mean, I think their bench could use some work. They could add some more players, some more people. Why can't he be the guy who leads that bench? Well, also, 
One of the reasons they're playing really well, I think, is having a low usage guy who just takes care of the basketball in Tyus Jones. Like he right. only shoots unless he's wide open or has a layup. He doesn't turn the ball over. He gets steals. He's like a perfect fit having a guy who doesn't want to shoot. And the exact stat, this is from uh, David Naylor on Twitter, is the Timberwolves have the number one net rating in the NBA over the last 15, 10, and five games. So no matter how you cut it, they've had the best rating over, the, uh, over that time. This uh, Timberwolves performance has made me question everything. <laughs> uh, how many minutes players should play? Was Ricky Rubio ever good? <laughs> right. Like, I don't. I don't know which way is up, uh, and that leads us to another confusing team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, sitting fifth, twenty-two and eighteen. Their resolution is for Andre Robertson to continue his evolution to the next Tony Allen, right down to the Dubs not guarding him come playoff time. <laughs> uh, no, they're not going to do that resolution. They're going to turn it over to Terrence Ferguson or Josh Hustis and eventually uh, slide Roberson out of the rotation. Actually, this is just my personal opinion. I don't, I don't know what they're – they might actually – I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how you as a Twitter presence were able to talk about this without mentioning Alex Abrinas' uh, three-point percentage. Oh, what is – I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, I remain ignorant. Is he knocking them all down? Uh, 38%. I That's mean, not bad. The free the free Abrinas, uh, the free Abrinas uh, movement has sort of calmed down, but um, – so you uh, you think they're gonna? Uh, he seems to me so important at certain times, certain moments of the game. Like he can actually lock down some really impressive players. So I don't know if we agree, but he's so bad on offense. Like he may he he may be the worst offensive player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to besmirch him too much because he is a really good player. He, he gets. You know, he gets blocks from, you know, being an undersized guy. He's, he is the lockdown defender with a little bit of size. So, yeah, he, he has a role. Did you see he, him on Harden? He's important. Good grief. Christmas Day. Ooh. Yeah, so, you know, figuring out a way for him to play and maybe not being on the court crunch time when on the offensive plays, I don't know if he possesses that intangible thing that I always credit Tony Allen with, and, and you and me both always credit Tony well, he's not the he's not the he he doesn't have the offensive IQ at all. Yeah, he doesn't have that havoc creation on offense in a good way. So mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe I don't know I'll, I'll kind of I'll kind of back off my earlier saying this is a no and just give it a meh maybe. That let's let's go up to Denver twenty one and eighteen sitting at six. The Nuggets resolve continue their ascent to being a Western power. Only it's not behind Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and Moutier. It's fine. Trey Lyles, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray. Oh yes, no yes. That's a that's a strong slam yes. dunker. It's a slam. It's a slam dunk. That's <laughs> a slam dunk resolution. Them man, them cutting Moutier out of the lineup and then turning over a bunch of minutes to Trey Lyles at the power forward, who is just shooting. I think shooting forty six percent from three. It's been a really a really important part of them winning these games without Millsap. without Jokic even looking that awesome. I mean, he still yeah. is what he's second in. I think he's second in like box plus minus behind Harden and Curry. I, I might be wrong. I might have to, I might have to strike, strike just, that next it, week. It, but I'm amazed that you found that you somehow found a way to say something good about Jokic because it's been getting hard. Yeah, he, he he looks like he's struggling, but the like those box score numbers still look good. Like uh, his role plus minus is still really good. So I don't know. Right. And even even uh, Mike Malone talked about 
they had to talk because maybe he wasn't showing the joy that he was accustomed to seeing Jokic play with. And for hey, me, for I me watching the talk on my worked because he was dishing no looks again the other night. Yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. passes. I, I was going to say even from my couch, he does look to be lacking that joy. He, like he's not shooting, he's not getting his offense going. So. Yeah, I think those other guys you mentioned, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, who've been really locked in, and then Trey Lyles, who's been, you know, kind of easing the pain of the Donovan Mitchell trade uh, just a smidge. Those are the guys who I think are going to be most crucial to the Nuggets continuing to win. Let us bicycle down into Portlandia. Portland Trail Blazers, 21-18. and 18. Blazers acquire a wing, adding precious scoring versatility, and more importantly, ending Evan Turner's reign of terror. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to, I think they're going to get somebody. I don't know who that somebody is going to be, but you know, this is your chance to talk about Fournier. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, Fournier, that would be wild. I'm I'm trying to just top of my head. Think of what, if Orlando would accept any of the Myers Leonard style contracts, even Mo Harkless had a really good game. The last game he played on Sunday, but like if those could be trade fodder to match contracts, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what the trade would be. They'd also be an intriguing landing spot for our guy, Tyreek Evans, if something could be worked out. Um, not, not necessarily sure they want another, you know, just dominant guy with the ball, but you know, with Tyreek shooting and, uh, handling, it seems like, uh, maybe that he could be that secondary or tertiary creator off the bench that they, uh, seem to need. Keith, I'm going to need a straight answer. Will this be a broken egg, broken resolution? Uh, no, they're going to keep this resolution They're I think, I think they're going to, they're going to make a trade and, uh, and find someone to come in to, uh, to help them out. Cause otherwise what's the point? Uh, you know, either uh, do your business or get off the pot, so to speak. Excellent. Let's mosey on down to New Orleans. The Pelicans are 19 and 19, sitting in the eighth and final playoff spot. The Pelicans resolve to acquire a ring, acquire a wing, rather, adding <laughs> precious versatility and more importantly, ending Etwan Moore's reign of three point brilliance. I don't know what this Pelicans team is going to do. When I posted my the Patreon only power rankings today, I was saying they need to shake up that roster somehow. But they are yeah. they're so jammed up, you know, up against the luxury tax with some unmovable contracts. Not a lot of you know those mid sized contracts that are easier to move. It's either minimum guys or you know the Omar Ashiks of the world making way too much. And so I, I, again, I'm, I'm not really sure what they can get. It seems like, uh, you know, it seems like the, getting a three in there to move Etwan more, you know, to a more natural position, right. fewer Rajon Rondo minutes. I still don't think he's, he's the right guy for them. You know, would it be a big trade? DeMarcus cousins tonight on Monday, pretty much won the game for him against the Pistons, but would they still entertain a trade like a, like a big shakeup trade for an auto Porter or, a three-way deal where I'm thinking this three-way, John Hassan Whiteside to Washington, Otto Porter to uh, the Pelicans, and then uh, Boogie Cousins to Miami for the excitement. There is no way the Wizards are trading Otto Porter. <laughs> they keep talking about it. I don't trust the Wizards to, the, to do the right thing. Uh, and then, and I mean, I guess that's kind of the gist of what I when I wrote this resolution is that. The Pelicans are in, you know, they're at 500, barely hanging on to the eighth spot, and they're doing it with Etwan Moore shooting like 46% from three, which is completely Taco Bell unsustainable. Right. So, like, if they don't do something, I think 
I think this team falls out of the playoffs. I mean, could race. they get just like a, a, a Bellinelli from the Hawks? <laughs> you know, but the problem with the Pelicans is I don't really want them to give away future assets, like even like a second round pick. Maybe maybe right. they just have to, but it's just so sad the way they built their team and how short sighted they've been the whole time. I don't know. I'll, we'll have to get some Pelicans uh, people on to be how much do they want to pay for uh, some minor improvements? Right. Let's that takes the ninth place. Los Angeles Clippers, seventeen and twenty-one. Balmer and company resolved to assess the injuries to Blake and Milos, read the tobacco leaves, and give up on this season, cultivating assets for next year. That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to say yes, but that resolution is not going to come true for like another month. They're going to give right. them. All- I mean, obviously the trade deadline is early in February, so I think they're going to wait right up until that deadline to see what happens. This January schedule, they play a lot of the teams ahead of them in the standings, so it'll be either an eye-opening, yes, these teams are better than us, they beat us, and they've created some separation, or as they do find themselves a little bit surprisingly in ninth, like they're hanging in there, if they can beat some of these teams ahead of them, it's a chance to make a move. And if they make a move, if they get into the thick of things, I think, you know, they might kind of hold pat and just be like, let's, uh, you know, we're not going to be buyers, but we're not really going to sell off anything either. I don't know if I answered both sides there. I feel like Milos getting plantar fascia and Blake getting his brain scrambled completely. Like that had... They have an opportunity to turn Lou Williams, who's not a future piece, into something, you know? Right. And I just don't see, even though I think Ballmer always says that the and that and that the team wants to play to win. Yeah. But if they don't do I mean, if if there's ever there's only one team I can think of that's been given an opportunity to kind of enter this this tankathon unexpectedly. Mm. Uh, and we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> team for a while. <laughs> Maybe ever again. If for my health that's under doctor's orders. Yes. But um I mean, I think this is what they need to do, but I don't know if they will. Tenth place, Utah Jazz, sixteen and twenty-four. The Jazz re- resolve to acquire Nikola Mirotomjanovic, if only for <laughs> the immediate and mandatory double-digit game-winning streak, saving their season and more importantly, our preseason over/under wagers. Yeah, this team has slightly let go of the rope a little bit. I think they have the worst record, the worst road record in the NBA. It's, it's either them or the Hawks. I think they're three and seventeen on the road. They've lost two and eight in their last ten. That's been pretty, yeah, pretty, oh, pretty yeah. brutal. It's it, it's been a bad stretch. Despite Donovan Mitchell promise that he's shown, uh, Ricky Rubio leads the NBA in the number of games where he's gone zero for five or worse. It's just been it it hasn't been good. Uh, and so I think this talk, there's been some buzz on Twitter today about a Miritich deal. You know, right. I like it. Like spreading out, get, get more wings. It seems like that could be a, a beneficial thing for the Jazz. Uh, so, yeah, uh, for, for the sake of the podcast, yes, they will resolve to do that and bring in Mira Tomjanovich. And can, can our podcast survive another Mira Tomjanovich uh, punchy winning streak? I think so. I, I, yeah. I want to find out. Yes. <laughs> 11th place, the Suns, a lowly 16 and 26. Devin Booker goes from iShop All-Star to All-Star All-Star, exploding our minds and hearts. <laughs> uh, this year, no. Uh, what about next year? Yeah, he'll, he, will, he will probably eventually be an All-Star. I, I would think as long as he keeps scoring over 23 Keith, points per game, at some point is, he'll be an all-star. 
Keith, his trajectory, his comparison scores, very, very James Hardeny. Oh, you, oh, you're you're predicting a James Harden level? Uh, uh I'm not saying that, but I mean, the numbers. If you look at them over the course of their career, uh-huh. kind of similar. Also, he's already seventh in free throw rate. Yeah, that's good. The guy gets to the hoop and shoots threes. And it looks like they like. It seems to me like the Suns realize that even though T.J. Warren's kind of this herky jerky DeRozan type weirdo scorer, they seem to realize they want to surround Booker with three point shooters, which yeah. I think is the best way to utilize a guy like Devin Booker. It feels to me like they're trying to make a James Harden type player. I don't think he. I don't think he has the creativity and the inclination to set people up. And I don't know if that's right. something James Harden developed or if that was innate. Like yeah. I don't even I remember his six man role. He was a better he was a better playmaker even in Oklahoma City than than Booker has been with the primary ball handler role. So yeah, I would I, have to agree there. I think I think Booker is just going to be one of those volume shooter guys. That's just his thing. He's going to be you know like at some point he'll probably average twenty seven a game or something. Like is it on a good team? I'm not I'm not sure. So right. I'm still yes. Like he's he's a very good player. I'm I'm much higher on him this year in year three than I was last year, but I'm still not convinced he's going to be like a great or anything, let alone a James Harden. 12th place, Sacramento Kings, 13 and 25. The Kings resolved to trade George Hill, giving Frank Mason, the third and De'Aaron Fox, the keys to the kingdom. I'll see myself out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, they should absolutely trade George Hill for almost anything. I think right. it, it, it was a long who's, time. I, I just wonder who's going to take that contract, honestly, and if there's even a market. Right. I think it was a three-year. Uh, the third year might not be fully guaranteed. It was That was a contract when signed this summer. Our take was, yeah, this is a good contract for them so they can trade him by the trade deadline. Like They, shouldn't, right. they should not have George Hill pass the trade deadline of this season because there's no point for him to be on the team. They're not going to be any good, and that's kind of not a great contract going forward. So yeah, like maybe they can trade him somewhere. If someone offers anything, if I'm the Kings, I, I would I would give it up just to get myself off the contract and just to get anything from it. You know, um, it, I guess it is pretty weird having two uh, rookie point guards or three if you want to throw in the man Bogey Bogdanovich, who's incredible. Uh, like, so that would be weird, but you know, might as well. You you got you got Vince Carter mentoring people there. You don't need to have a George Hill just to you know, complain about not wanting to be there because he's also this franchise needs to force Dave Yeager's hand to make him play the younger players. It's the only way he'll do it. I mean, Yeager, (laughs) Yeager is playing it. He's just doing a weird style where he like rotates in all 15 people or 14 people. He's doing NHL NHL style line changes right now. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But but again, I'll say George Hill has expressed his discontent. Like this is not what I signed up for where I guess everyone on the outside is like, what would you expect? This is, this is what everyone expected. So, thirteenth, the Mavs, thirteen and twenty-eight. They resolved to stop playing the lineup of near death, which is JJ Barea, Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwight Powell. Amazingly, <laughs> and take their rightful spot at the bottom of the standings. No, they're they're not going to do that. They're going to keep playing. They're going to keep playing veteran guys like Devin Harris and JJ Barea all these minutes while developmental guys don't get minutes because Rick Carlisle is there to win games and he's going to play as veterans when he feels like it is the best thing. So, no, they're not going to take the rightful place at the bottom of the standings. They're going to just be where they are. They're, they're going to, you know, they could, they could go like, 
I don't know, almost 500 from here. Like, I bet they'd win 45% of the rest of their games or something. Maybe 40%. The, li- the lineup of near death is really costing them some serious tankathon cred right here. They are still, they were terrible in clutch games. They won a few clutch games in a row, but they're at the very <laughs> least, they're dropping close games kind of like they need to. But I think they're going to be too good. And JJ Barea can only take out- them so far. Yeah. I was like, Barea playing out of his mind is going to keep, uh, keep them winning a few too many games. Last, and in this instance, certainly not least, Lakers, 12 and 27. Well, I mean... The, the Lakers continue trading away players, libertarians or otherwise, in their quest to give the Celtics another lottery pick. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, avoid the fact that you just, you know, you, you, you missed a team there, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the Grizzlies. They're tied with well, the Lakers for last. As we speak right now, they're both tied at 12 and 27. Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers are technically last, but I was just hoping to sneak out without even no, you can't, getting you into can't, this. Well, if you hadn't said 13th, I might not have been paying attention because I have a basketball <laughs> game on in the background. I know you've had a few drinks, so I thought I could But I you went I from 13th to last, one. and I knew that wasn't right. All right, so who, who are we talking about? <laughs> What do you think? You think uh, they're going to keep trading away all these guys? They've we- already moved Bogut. They've already gotten rid of Bogut. I'm hearing Nance. I'm hearing Clarkson, and of course Julius Randle. I don't think Ding's tradable. But do you? Uh, how many players do you think they can trade away? And more importantly, do you think they're going to fall into that like weird two to five range where the Celtics get their pick? I, you know. I think this is a team that can put together some wins. They, they played really well earlier in the year when Lonzo right. Ball was healthy. I mean, when I say I they're really, like, I think they're like one and nine. Yeah, and like the, and late, lately, like when, when especially I, when Alonzo doesn't play, they're putrid. Right, and, and again, when I say really well, I just mean they were competitive. They were close to five hundred. They had a top ten defense. You know, like they they were doing pretty pretty good for them. I, I but I don't know what to make of this franchise. I follow a ton of these Lakers, different Lakers people on Twitter, and they're all in a dark spot because the team is losing and obviously does not have their draft pick. They don't, they don't think the franchise, they're not trusting the franchise to do the right thing with all these young guys. Like, it makes sense. They could have built this team way more organically, like, built an actual culture instead of just talking about a culture. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel for them. I have some sympathy because I guess I, I kind of pity the franchise a little bit now that Kobe's a couple years removed. And, and so, yeah, I think they're definitely going to, tr- you know, they're going to try to trade some, but... Will they trade them all? I don't know. I guess I'm going to guess two. They'll, they'll be able to trade away two people. Now, I don't 66. know who it's going to be. 66.6%. I like it. Yeah. And I was hoping to get out the back dough without discussing this, but I went ahead and made one up for the Grizzlies, which okay. is a little starry-eyed. The Grizzlies resolved to trade Tyreek Evans for a first-round draft pick. You would assume the front office would do that if offered. I don't. I don't even think a team is going to offer a first round pick because of the you know, because anyone who trades for him won't be able to use bird rights on him either. Right. So I mean, like I think the Wizards would be a good spot. The Pistons would be a great spot. Uh, like Stanley Johnson for Tyreek Evans, I've I've seen kind of yes, please batted around out there. Like if if the Pistons want to give up on Stanley Johnson, I don't would, I don't know that if they would do. Ensure our continued tank, our continued this year tanking for certain. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you don't have to worry about Stanley Johnson making late threes. I would Chris Harrington. I think suggested the Spurs. Would the Spurs give up their draft pick this year? But the only problem is, as a Grizzlies fan, based on this roster construction that already has like six young guys on rookie contracts, 
I almost right. would rather have like a 2019 draft pick if it's going to be a bad draft pick. Like I, I would rather just stock the coffers for a couple years from now, you know, unless you can get like a Stanley Johnson with the dreaded second draft, which I know still stings a little after Ben McLemore, the reclamation of a young guy who hasn't been that great. Although Stanley Johnson is, you know, he showed a little more promise than Ben McLemore ever did. So can we see if like Chris Stapps has like a younger brother we can like sneak in here. Maybe a younger brother who grew up in Memphis. That <laughs> seems to be the only kind of trade we can like muster that's actually a win. Please yeah, God, that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, I, I think they will resolve to trade him for a first round pick, but th- th- I don't think they're going to get one unless maybe someone. It's all about finding a playoff team that gets weirdly desperate, and I, I don't know exactly which teams those are right Pelicans. now. Pelicans, take him back. That, man, it seems like he'd be a great fit on the Pelicans. Uh, I, I don't know what we could get or what the Pelicans would be willing to give away. Or if he has, you know, maybe Tyreek burned bridges in New Orleans. Maybe they don't, they don't want him back. Who knows? Well, there you have it, folks. That's our Western Conference broken egg, broken resolution challenge. Keith has answered as wisely as he can. Remember, no one keeps these things anyway, so don't fret about it. Yeah. Thanks, John. See you at the gym. Yeah, see you, buddy. All right, you guys, uh, thanks for checking out the show. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Follow us on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being G&G. Fast break break, man. You understand?